0: In the histories of the Desert Fathers, there are stories of St. Anthony and others that place various vocations on the same level. It is written that Blessed Anthony asked God to show him what progress he was making in his vocation as aesthetic. God then pointed him in a dream to a certain shoemaker in the city of Alexandria for comparison. So the next day, Anthony went into the city and came to the shoemaker in order to find out about his special exercises and disciplines and unique spiritual gifts. In conversation with the man, he did not hear anything special, simply that in the morning, the shoemaker prayed in a few words for the whole city, and then he was off to do his business In this way, blessed Anthony came to understand that justification was not to be attributed to the particular walk of life he had taken up, nor his spiritual prayers and exercises, but through faith in Christ only. Philip Melanchthon, The Apology, 2738. Do any of us, and I mean any of us, have trouble understanding that we are justified? by grace through faith alone in Jesus Christ? I really don't think so. Most Lutherans don't struggle in any way with their justification. They know they're saved. Sometimes it seems to their detriment. Instead, they tend to almost always struggle with their sanctification or putting on the new Christian life their life in the spirit, and to put this into practice. Who among us is not interested in making sure that we're praying in the right way, just like Blessed St. Anthony, as Melanchthon mentions? I know myself, I'm constantly checking and rehearsing the incredibly helpful videos on YouTube that teach young guys like me the right way to conduct Divine Service 3 with a freestanding altar with only one ordained minister. In this crazy world that we live in that becomes crazier every day, yes, being able to connect with 2,000 years of Christian tradition, to be swallowed up by the conduct of the divine service, which will always be greater than I am, gives me great comfort. Though I worry that I find myself traveling far off to Alexandria to meet this shoemaker, to ask him what is he doing right What special exercises and prayers and disciplines is he doing to be more faithful? In our text today in Matthew 6, is Jesus condemning this kind of behavior in his Christians as sinful? I don't think so. I'm sure that Jesus sees the zeal of the least of these, his brothers, And it gives him joy that this zeal for their father's house consumes them. They love to stand and pray in the ecclesia, not to be seen by others, but to offer up a continuous sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to their God, to rightly teach the gospel, and to rightly, as the Latin says, can't give with the hand the sacraments to the people. They don't heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do to be heard for their many words, no. They're simply offering back up to God the words through which He has revealed Himself, revealed His mercy, revealed His steadfast love. And this, of course, is through the divine revelation of the Scriptures found in. Our liturgies. Though he makes this mention in Matthew of going into your room and locking your door and praying to your father in secret, is he talking about his friend Daniel? Is he talking about his friend Hezekiah? I'm not sure. But surely Jesus would point us all the way back to good King Hezekiah to learn of prayer. The 13th king of Judah, the one who succeeded nasty Ahaz, we're told by the witness of Second Chronicles that Hezekiah destroyed the worship of other gods, that he brought back worship of Yahweh alone, that he restored the singing of the Psalms of David in the temple, that he cleared that temple of junk that he restored the proper feasts like Passover and the worship hours like any faithful guy does 2nd Chronicles 29 and 30 are some of the most optimistic happy chapters of the Bible where we see these reforms let me read just a few verses and Hezekiah did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to all his father David had done. Hezekiah's story ends with these lovely verses. So the service of the house of the Lord was set in order. Hezekiah and all the people rejoiced that God had done this for the people and that it had all taken place. So suddenly. Thus Hezekiah did so throughout all Judah, and he did what was good and right and true before the Lord his God. And in every work that he began in the service of the house of God, in his law and in the commandments to seek his God, he did it all with all his heart. So he prospered. Zeal for his father's house consumed him. And so we get to today's Old Testament reading from Isaiah where Hezekiah becomes sick. And Isaiah lets him know, get your house in order, Hezekiah, you're going to die. What does Hezekiah do? Does he fold his hands in a certain way? Does he bow just so? No. He turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. From the depths of woe he cries out to his Lord. "O Yahweh, remember how I walked in your, before you in faithfulness and with a whole heart. And how I have done what is good in your sight. And he weeps. As Luther says again and again in his large catechism. The monks... And the bishops heap up words, 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 yet they ask God for nothing. Do not be afraid to ask God for what you need. He is a loving father, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. And to hear your voice when you cry for him is like when his precious son or daughter cries for help from dad At night. His glory is to have mercy on you. We chant, Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. O Lord, I call to you. Come to me quickly. Hear my voice when I cry to you. In you I take refuge. What's so amazing about our God is that he promises. Our prayers change his mind. God will change his mind because of your prayers. You hear this mantra that, uh, or throughout American evangelicalism, that goes something like this Prayer changes us, not God. I urge you to get those non denom bumper stickers out of your heart and to seek God's word. Jesus comes to Isaiah and says, Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Behold, I will add 15 years to your life. I will deliver you and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria and cherry on top, I will defend this city. You are mine, Hezekiah. You are mine, Christian. Our father is like an official who relents over the incessant asking of a widow. Our father is like a man who will get out of his bed in the middle of the night to fetch you bread because of your impotence, because of your shameless persistence. Lord Jesus, even the dogs lick up the crumbs from the master's table. Lord, we have left everything to follow you. Jesus, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. Do not be like the hypocrites, brothers, for your Father in heaven knows what you need even before you ask him. Yet, no, he delights to hear your voice when you call to him. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.